And as you are learning, I am Patty Stulen, and I am the Chief Pathfinder of Pathways with Patty. Today, my guest is Camille Flores. She is an author, mother, teacher, and survivor. She started from scratch in rural Mexico building a house, getting electricity, and figuring things out as she went on. Because she was able to step out of her own cultural expectations and started with nothing, she has been able to craft a life that she says is far from perfect, but brings her satisfaction. Action. She has written about her adventures in Mexico and the amazing individuals she has met and has also discovered her passion for Mexico herbalism. Camille, it is wonderful to have you here on Rediscovering Your Passion and Purpose with Patty. How are you today? I'm good. Thank you so much for having me on your show today. Well, I am excited to hear about the fact that you are originally from the United States, correct? Right. And, and you took the major leap to leave all the comforts that you had in the United States to basically begin a brand new life in a completely different country, correct? Correct. That's exactly what I did. Oh, my gosh. I know that there's many people that only dream about doing that, but you actually did it. And it, as you said, it has not been a perfect journey, but it is your journey. And that's why I'm so excited to have you here today to let people know how your journey has gone and your story uh, that goes along with taking on that that major challenge. I mean, that is truly uh, something that, like I said before, most people only dream about. So uh, why don't you go ahead and, and tell us a little bit about your story and what led you to this great adventure? Um, well, I was born in Pennsylvania, and then I studied at the university in Nebraska. And in Nebraska, I became involved in the Hispanic community there and uh, actually met my husband uh, at the restaurant I was working at to improve my Spanish. So ah. um he is from Mexico, and oh. um, we ran out of options for legalization and getting everything set in the United States. So when our son was four, we decided to make the uh, move voluntarily to Mexico. So it's called the voluntary exile. <laughs> ah, okay. <laughs> so um, there's quite a community of women who have followed their spouses to Mexico, um, and it is a very challenging adaptation uh, for the family. Um, my son was young enough that he could start school here in Mexico um, mm -hmm. and have that experience of, of socialization um, and learn cultural cues that I didn't have as an adult. Right. Um, so he is much more able to interact without causing offense than I can. <laughs> <laughs> That, that's a good thing, right? He's yeah. teach, I'm sure he's teaching you in a lot of ways, right? He does. Yes. He <laughs> says, mom, you got to say it this way. I'm like, oh yeah. <laughs> so, so why don't you tell us about the challenges? I know that when we had met a couple of weeks ago, you had shared some of those, which I, I once again, 
it's hard to believe. Uh, but but please share with everybody those those challenges of not only from a verbal standpoint of getting those verbal cues correct, but the other things that have gone along with the challenges of moving to Mexico. Well, we didn't end up moving to an expat area. Um, so uh, we moved to an area near where my husband grew up and bought property here, not realizing that the infrastructure that was here was not functioning. So that meant there were no services, no utilities, no water, no sewer. Um, it had pavement sort of uh, to the to the house. Um, no electricity, okay? Uh, and it was a struggle because it, we didn't have a lot of money after we made our purchase. And we only purchased here because we couldn't afford something someplace else. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, so we ended up living here. Um, it was almost 12 years without electricity. Uh, yeah, it was very difficult. And... Um, Fortunately, I had um, where I worked, I worked at this at a, a, a private elementary school and the owner let me charge some things there. So like I had a little uh, DVD player and I could charge my phone there and things like that um, and then bring them back when uh, work was done for the day and we could enjoy them in the evenings. Um, but we used candles and lanterns uh, for wow. that period of time. It was... Uh, difficult. <laughs> it was mm -hmm. quite a transition. <laughs> mm -hmm. I mean, in, in some respects, you were being a, a frontier, you know, like in the frontier days when, you know, exactly. they were, I mean, so uh, I, I, I'm sure that, well, have you kept a journal along the way of this entire journey? Um, I have actually written books about uh, some of the challenges that I've had um, in, with the idea to help other women who find themselves in this situation, because it, it happens a lot more than you think. Um, mm -hmm. And women from the United States have, have gotten comfortable with being able to, to, to flick on the lights or uh, open the tap and have water, things like that. Um, and when you go back to the 1800s, <laughs> It is challenging. <laughs> yeah. So, so where, so where do you go from not having any of those things now? Do you have those items now? Do you have sewer, electricity, water? Do you have those th that now? Um, water, we were able to set up um, storage tanks, and then we have water delivered. So that was an mm -hmm. easy fix. Um, we. Uh, also collect rainwater during the rainy season. So that helps a lot too. Mm -hmm. Electricity um, in 2018, there came to the town some uh, solar panel people. And I immediately am like, yes, that's what we're doing. <laughs> <laughs> Jump on that right away, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it took some explaining um, to my husband that it does work because this is like a new technology. It's not really understood here in Mexico. Everyone does it. Oh, we have to connect to the main electricity line. And and I kept telling people, no, you don't. We, we can do this. Mm -hmm. And so we got our first panel in 2018. 
Um, and it was enough to use the lights and a small internet box and my laptop. So that was a start. Wow. And, and then I uh, started explaining this to my in-laws who also have properties here in this area. Um, and they all have solar panels now uh, so that their lives are not quite as uncomfortable. <laughs> mm -hmm. So when you first got there, were you accepted by, by, by the people that, that live there or were they kind of, uh, did they shun you or did they welcome you? What, what was the kind of reception that you received when you originally got there? It was kind of mixed. Um, it's not an area where a lot of people from the United States or Canada live, but um, I would say the majority of the men have spent time in the United States working as seasonal workers. Um, mm -hmm. So uh, a lot of the men were very excited that, that they could practice their English. It didn't oh. help with uh, my relationships with their wives, though. <laughs> I'm, oh, I'm sure. I don't doubt that. Wow. So, so through this, you have mentioned that you have gotten into Mexican herbalism. Can you explain what that is and what, what you, what, what you do with all of that? Well, um, I discovered that I was not familiar with the plants here in this area. Uh, my mom was always uh, outside a gardener, and so I knew uh, local plants from uh, Pennsylvania. Like, I could identify a violet. I knew what this was and um, what plants I could use for which remedies, just basic um, herb lore, basic herb lore. Mm -hmm. But I got mm -hmm. here, and I didn't know any of these plants. I couldn't identify them. I didn't know if I was going to poison myself or <laughs> or what. Um and then um, as, as I was more accepted in the community, the women started saying, hey, this plant is called this and we use it for this. And I'm like, really? And it was fascinating. So they started sharing these um, uh, little tricks that they did and, and they'd be like, okay, so today I'm going to go out and gather these, these flowers and we're going to use them for this. And I'm like, oh, let me come. So <laughs> So that's where I started. And um, then I uh, went a step further in uh, looking for research that had been done on the plants by scientists to see how many of these folklore um, traditional remedies were actually um, supported by science. And I would say like 95% have actual value. Um, wow. And it was fascinating. So there haven't been a lot of studies done specifically on Mexican native plants, uh, because mm -hmm. most people think of herbalism, they think of chamomile and um, uh, rue and rosemary, and these are all plants that came from Europe. They weren't uh, traditional uh, North American plants. Okay. And so, um, and a lot of the, the, records were destroyed during the Spanish conquest. So that information mm. got lost, um, just most of it. And the only way it was, it was um, preserved was through uh, a woman would tell her daughter, okay, this is the plant you need for this, this type of situation, or this will help you with this. Mm -hmm. um, so 
there's not a lot of information. So I have been collecting information on these different plants, on how they're used here traditionally in Mexico. And if there are scientific um, evidence that they they do what has been, it it is used tri traditionally for. Mm -hmm. and, and can you give us an example of some of some of the plants and what the benefits are with those specific plants? Passion flower is one. Okay. Passion flower is a native Mexican plant. Okay. It's a really weird looking plant. It's got um, little snake like tentacles that come out. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, in uh, the indigenous language, it's called snake plant because of that. It looks like that. Mm -hmm. It's not used for snake remedies. It's, it, it's because it looks like that. Mm -hmm. um, it is a sedative. It is used as um, uh, a hormonal balance as well. Oh. And um, it's, it's great. It is mild. It's not uh, super strong. It helps um, relax a person. You use the mm -hmm. teas and the flowers, you dry them and um, uh, make a tea and it's oh. all good. <laughs> wow. What, what has been, what's been the plant or plants that have been most surprising to you uh, uh, on the benefits uh, that, that particular one? Honors or any others that I mean you you've really been impressed or amazed with well I've been fascinated with um the variety uh, Mexico has a huge biodiversity it really has uh, deserts it has tropical jungles it has forests it has pine forests actually um mm. where the monarch butterflies go every year which is not oh, too okay. far from where I live yeah oh. so the biodiversity here in Mexico is is so interesting, so diverse that um, I don't think I'll ever finish studying these plants. <laughs> well, that's a good thing. Yeah. So, so are you are you writing a book about about all of that, or is that something that you want to to do? I have four books on um, traditional uses of herbs. Um, I am working on book number five uh, Wow! It, it takes quite a while for each plant investigation um, because I want to be sure of my information and positively sure. identify the plant. I've run into the problem where uh, a plant is called one thing in one region and called has a different name in a different region. Um, because they haven't been documented, it's hard to find the uh, botanical name so I can verify if it's the same plant a similar plant. Um, some plants have the same name, uh, but they're not even related. Uh, mm -hmm. So it it has been very challenging, but I I like it. Well, I would say that if you have four books already, you have been you've been one a very busy busy person. But two, that that's phenomenal research. I mean, that's a lot of time and effort. And now you're doing book number five. And you know that you're not probably you've you've probably just barely scratched the surface of everything that you'll be able to explore. Right. So I know one of the other things that you mentioned to me a couple of weeks ago is um it's, uh, organ is I'm I'm not going to get it correctly. Something about organizing the village or, or or taking a leadership role. Please tell us more about what that is that you are wanting to do or what you are doing. Yeah, that um was something that I I had thought I completely failed at. I had made the effort um 
when we didn't have utilities here to try to organize the people that lived here or that own properties here into, um, it's called a Asociación de Colonos, a, a, a colony association, I guess, residence association. Mm. Um, so I was volunteered actually um, for this position. I said no several times and, and they said, no, you'd be great. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> so um, the group of, I guess it's closest to a board of directors. They're like the representatives of the community made uh, an effort to try to get the nearest town to authorize this area to have basic utilities, okay? Mm -hmm. um, it ended up that we didn't get anywhere. We did not, we completely mm -hmm. failed, okay? There were a lot of wow. obstacles put up in, in our way. The person who had been in charge prior to us um, committed a lot of fraud um, and pocketed the money. So um, it ended up that the we we got sued the entire village mm. got sued for non-payment of of bills that this other person had had set up oh. so we had to go to court and we won we we proved that we didn't owe those bills that that was not something that uh was legally we were legally responsible for and okay. then we sort of left things go um right before the pandemic we were sort of at a a, a standstill and then of course we didn't do anything during the pandemic. So it wasn't mm -hmm. possible to get into, um, to see the authorities in town or anything like that. They they just completely closed. So recently um, I went outside one Sunday morning and found a group of people gathered there in front of my house. And I said, what are y'all doing here? And they're like, oh, we, we decided that we are going to have a a community meeting. I'm like, really? No one told me about this. <laughs> Surprise. <laughs> yeah. Um, they, they brought up some concerns and some of the things they brought up were not true. Okay. So mm. it was like a meeting designed specifically to cause dissension, to cause problems. Mm. So um, I'm like, well, I guess I'm going to take up the reins again and uh, <laughs> called the other members of the uh, of the board of directors. And we discussed this and we actually got a summons to um, town planning. I guess it would be the translation of it um, to it, in town hall. So we went mm -hmm. there to see what they were. What what is this? Um, it's kind of a tricky situation because the current overlords, I guess, the, the elected officials mm -hmm. um, are sort of involved in, in the cartel. And mm -hmm. so it, it's been kind of like a, a dance we've had to do to sure. say, hey, this is what we're looking for. Can you provide this, but without promising uh, certain things? So it's it's mm -hmm. a negotiation process. Um, so that's what this meeting was about. And the meeting that was called here at my house was set up by them to sort of shake things up so that we had to start um, moving in the direction they wanted. Got it. 
So um, as I said to another member, I said, they don't have to force us. We, we're willing to play the game here, but we want some concessions. We want to be able to get services to this area. And if that means we promise to vote for them, we could do that. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, so, and, oh, go, ahead. go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead and finish that up. So um, this past month, actually, I have been uh, in town hall in the city planning commission and met the the person that is slated to take over as the next mayor. Okay. Uh, mm -hmm. He isn't elected yet, but uh, mm -hmm. he he had he's the brother of the current mayor and the current mayor only got her position because they shot and killed her mother two days before elections. So, <laughs> so it's really oh. complicated. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I guess so. So because that leads me into what what my next question was going to be. I know that the majority, at least here where I live in California and in Southern California, where I'm so close to the Mexican border, all the time we're hearing about the cartels, the mm -hmm. the drug lords, all of that sort of thing. So what what has been your experience when it when it comes to those things? Um, I live in the center of Mexico and um I would say it's been under a turf war for the past seven or eight years, um, not because there's anything particularly interesting in this area, but because it serves as the gateway to other areas. Um, mm -hmm. And I live at, at the border of Michoacan. I don't know if you've heard anything about Michoacan, but the uh, citizens of Michoacan have decided to start their own um, posses, I guess to oh. to fight the cartel um of course the cartel is better equipped uh and yes. often ex-military or ex-police um mm -hmm. but the citizens have taken up a citizens war in michoacan so that is wow. really close where i to where i live um the people in charge of the area that i live in it's a new faction it's not the the faction that's been here for a while so mm -hmm. there have been um, disputes in the bigger city areas uh, that ended up in violence. Um, mm -hmm. And again, it's a territory war is what it is. Sure. So that's where, <laughs> so we have to tread carefully here. <laughs> well, that's what I was just going to say. I mean, uh, but, but even with all of that, with all of the challenges that you've had with uh, just the basic living conditions and then the political we'll, we'll call them political issues right. <laughs> you you still I, I I'm getting the feeling that you love living there I do I do um it's crazy I know uh and it's not easy <laughs> there mm -hmm. are days that it's very frustrating um just common things that you wouldn't think of like um our our stove is a gas stove and we use gas to heat the water for, for bathing and things like that. And sometimes we run out because we have mm. to get a tank. And mm -hmm. so that requires cooking a grill style outside. And it's just inconvenient at times taking a cold mm -hmm. bath, you know? Mm -hmm. um, so basic things like that can be frustrating. 
and then we have the bigger thing that uh, there are safety issues. Um, I know a lot of expats, I'm in some expat groups in addition to groups of women that have come with their spouses. But the expat groups are kind of oblivious to that. They they feel like, um, well, if you don't mess with them, they won't mess with you. But it's 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 really not that simple. It's you could be in the wrong wrong place at the wrong time, and something could mm. happen. Um, mm -hmm. You could uh, incidentally cause an issue uh, by your Americanness, for example, mm -hmm. in an area mm -hmm. that that you're not familiar with. Um, so I see that a lot um, as mm -hmm. an issue here for people who who think Mexico is like paradise and. On some levels, it is. It's fascinating mm -hmm. here. It's it, it's an interesting, like I said, I love the biodiversity here. Mm -hmm. um, but there are things to consider that are below the surface, I guess. Mm -hmm. So so to learn those things, is it just a matter of listening and researching to, in order to keep yourself safe? Or are you just, uh, it, it's, by, it's trial and error? Well, let's hope not. Trial and error doesn't work so well. <laughs> I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't think so. So, I mean, so how 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 do you learn to keep yourself safe there? Because it's so completely it it is a completely different world there. Mm -hmm, it is situational awareness is something that, um, especially for women, um, it needs to be developed when you live here. You need to be aware of your surroundings at all times. And that's not something that in a lot of areas in the United States, we think about as women that oh, mm -hmm. I can go here and do this. Right, right. You can't do that here. Um, you need mm. to be aware of your clothing. Are, your, are you wearing something appropriate? Um, you need to be aware of if you are by yourself that you don't go in a taxi or Uber, don't do mm. that by yourself, okay? Okay. Um, there are incidents. Uh, it's just terrible. There was an incident, um, I'd say about a year ago, uh, a girl went out with her friends who was just 18 and they had a fight like girls do. And so uh, the one girl wanted to go home. And so they called her an Uber. That was the last anyone saw of her. Oh my goodness. So they thought they were doing something to protect her, to make sure she got home. Okay. She never made right. it home. Wow. So through all of this, it sounds like you have really laid a very good foundation of working with people, learning how the system all works. So so my question is, when did you realize that you had a passion for helping others? Oh, <laughs> I guess mm, originally when I wa was joined, was elected, was forced into the board of directors. It was mostly for self-interest because um, I would like to have all of those services to my house. It would make my life much easier. Okay, mm -hmm. But I have managed to obtain those without uh, the, uh, without going through the, the normal channels. I have solar electricity. I have water delivered. Um, I have a, a system, a sewer system, basic. Um, and yet here I am going through round two with um, 
what can I do to help the rest of the people in this area obtain those things? Mm -hmm. And so that's where I am right now. I have no idea if it'll work this time. Mm -hmm. Um, I have no idea if uh, I'll be able to help with them getting uh, services or if I need to start a different education process to show them, hey, this is what a solar panel is. This is how it works. This is what you can do um, and make an eco village. I don't know. I don't know how it's going to look yet. <laughs> but 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 it's but it, though. I guess what I'm what I'm trying to say, I can tell from what you have have told us so far that you you truly have a passion for wanting not not to just help your own family, but to help other families and benefit. So they they reach the same types of benefits that you you have for your own family, and so that that's something that obviously comes naturally to you because most people would think. I'm I'm taking care of me. I can't help anybody else. I just have to take care of me. And that's not something that you're doing. And so congratulations for that because I I, I think the world unfortunately is getting more uh where it's take care of me and you're on your own and you are not doing that. And so kudos to you for doing that. Um so so with all of these challenges that you've had to to overcome uh, starting a new life in a new country. Anywhere along the line, did you find that you 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 lost your your passion and purpose on this on this journey that you've been on? I would say it's changed um, over time. Uh, not that I lost it, but that I had to re-examine why I was doing the things I was doing. Um, become more adaptable, um, find a way that this is something that I can continue doing um, despite the difficulties, um, find, I don't know, find joy in, in simple things like finding a new plant. Oh my God, it's a new plant. <laughs> Uh-huh. Yes. Yes. Doesn't matter. I was out there looking for mesquite wood to, to cook over. <laughs> hey, I found a new fit today. <laughs> and that's like you said, finding the simple things because sometimes th those are the big things is the simple things. Mm -hmm. Um, so what would you say it has been the the best advice that anyone has ever given you? Oh, my mom gave me several uh, witticisms. One of them is, your butt always follows you. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I love that. <laughs> and that has, has crossed my mind at certain, certain key junctures in my life that there are a lot of people that feel like if I just get uh, into a new relationship, if I just get a new place to live, if I just get um, this promotion, um, if I just meet this goal, if I just lose those 10 pounds, then things will be better. Mm -hmm. But as my mom says, your butt always follows you no matter, <laughs> no matter what mm -hmm. you have yes. that, that you, that you, you cannot escape from you. So right. the, the idea is you need to be okay with your butt because it will yeah. be with you your entire life. <laughs> wow. I've never heard that, 
And I will never forget that either. Yeah. I, I like that a lot. That's really good. Um, so what ha have you noticed? I have this thing where, uh, when we're pursuing our passions and purpose and we share those with um, some people, they have a tendency to what I say, yuck, our wow. Have you found that you have had people, especially leaving the United States and going to a new country, starting a brand new life? Have you had those people that have yucked your wow? And if so, what, how have you responded to them? Um, well, I would say there's two types of people that end up coming uh, to Mexico. Those that are retired and in a good financial position and those that are coming because they couldn't stay in the United States or their spouse or children couldn't stay in the United States. Mm -hmm. um, the experiences of those groups of people are incredibly different. The people who are retired and live in an expat conclave type um, situation don't believe me when I tell them these things that I have experienced. They think that mm -hmm. I am a fear monger, maybe, uh, oh. that I am just trying to 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 yuck their wow. <laughs> gotcha. Gotcha. Yes. And then the other group um, of women that are struggling. Um, they start out by not believing me. It can't possibly be that difficult. And then mm -hmm. they get about two years in, they get to the point where they, they are depressed. They, mm -hmm. they're not sure where to go. Things are much harder. That sort of honeymoon period has worn off. Mm -hmm. And, and that's where I try to help them. I have a, like a support group on Facebook for women who live in rural Mexico, because the challenges mm -hmm. in rural Mexico are completely different than in uh, urbanized areas. Okay. Um, and so, yeah, that that's what I try to do. And if they don't believe me, that's okay. I'm okay with mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, so going along with that, do you, I mean, I, I know that you said at the beginning that part of the main reason for you going to Mexico was because of not being able to get the the proper credentials for your husband to stay in the United States. So with that, does that mean that you will continue to live the rest of your life in Mexico or do you ever see yourself coming back to the United States? It's something I've thought about. Um, it, it certainly is easier if I were to return to the United States. Um, mm -hmm. I have a degree in education. I could get a job as a teacher, mm -hmm. Spanish teacher. Yeah. yeah. And, and, <laughs> and we need lots of teachers here in the United States. There is a major shortage. Right. Okay. I don't know that I would. Um, I have things I feel like I need to do here. And one is to try to help the, the community that I live in. Um, mm -hmm. another is I still want to learn more about these plants. It's much sure. harder to do that from a distance. I mean, there's not mm -hmm. a lot of information on the internet about the traditional uses of these plants, but here mm -hmm. I can go talk to a curandera and ask, um, Hey, what would you recommend in, in, in this situation? And they mm -hmm. can tell me, or they would give me a, an array of herbs, try this, this, and this. Mm-hmm. So at, at this point in your life, what would you say that you are uh, passionate about personally and professionally? I don't feel like uh, I'm professionally passionate about anything anymore. Um, 
making money is important because I like to eat. Uh, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> but I don't really have any professional goals, I guess. Um, although I, I write, I know that that'll never be a, it, to the point where I can, I'm not going to be JK Rowling and, and get a movie <laughs> series made from my books. Okay. Yes. I know yes. this. So I wouldn't consider that professional. It's more of a sideline I like that mm -hmm. that does bring me a little money not enough to support me completely mm -hmm. um so I don't know about professionally um and what was the other part personally what things am I yeah. personally passionate yeah. about right yes herbs herbs good <laughs> excellent well you know and, and, and when you were you were just talking I don't know why this flashed into my brain, but you know, the movie that Julia Roberts was in was eat, pray, love. Mm -hmm. When you just said, you know, I don't, I don't ever see, you know, my, my books be made into a movie. However, from, from our talk, I could easily see a movie being made of your life because uh, uh, of the things that you have, you have done and you are doing in your life. I, I, I see that. I do see that as a movie. I mean, it's, I'm serious about that. I, I would be more than happy to watch your movie because it, it it's, it's showing a, a woman uh, in a very male dominated world, creating a, a brand new life. And I, I, I'm always intrigued by things like that. And that's why I'm, I'm enjoying having you on this podcast because because of the challenge that you have taken on and you keep moving forward. And, and as you just said, you're, you're not ready to leave it yet. There's still lots of things that you want to do to be able to help other people. And that's a true passion. I can tell the way that you're talking about that. So moving along with that, then what, what would you say is your, your, your purpose at this point in, in your life? I think I've had many purposes. Um, throughout my life. Uh, for a time, my purpose was to be a mother and a teacher. Um, mm -hmm. I still have those responsibilities, but they're not as prominent now. My son is 21 now. Um, wow. So I, in teaching, I do, I do teaching, but not like I was doing before. Um, mm -hmm. So I still have that. My purpose right now I guess is to focus on on this community because I'm not spending so much time teaching. I have more time to devote to trying to figure out the ins and outs of this uh, structure and um, organizing this this setup. Um, for instance, one of the things that the town town hall was requesting of us was a complete list of owners and. Um, I have been compiling that and it is 85% complete. Um, mm. And they were very pleased with that. They said that would make Good. things easier. I'm like, oh, mm. ah, yeah. So organization is one of my uh, uh, purposes right now, helping with the organization of the community. Um, another purpose is, is to educate, I guess, as a, a teacher, educate about uh, the medicinal properties of plants that are found here in Mexico. Um, mm -hmm. I, I, it's sort of an education process. Uh, I would like people to be aware that not all the plants that come from Europe uh, that are used in traditional um, herbology 
are necessarily the only um, the only plants that are beneficial. And as a broader context, because of things like deforestation and um, pollution, um, like a lot of American factories come to Mexico because there are not uh, EPA laws. There are mm -hmm. aren't things that that need to protect the environment. They can dump their their toxic wastes in in the river, and oh that my. of course affects the plant life here. And if we don't right. have those plants, we lose out as as humans. We lose out on their mm -hmm. benefits. So that's mm -hmm. kind of like the broader context of why I find why I like to educate about herbs, I guess, plants in Mexico. Incredible. So what would you say is your superpower? Uh, being pig-headed. That would be my superpower. <laughs> <laughs> now, did that did that that start when you went to Mexico or were was did you have that before? That that was something my mom always accused me of. I was a pig-headed <laughs> child. And <laughs> in fact, one time I was complaining, um, I, I said, well, uh, my husband doesn't think I could do it. And she goes, well, he doesn't know you very well. The fact that he doesn't think you can do it means you're going to do it. <laughs> <laughs> so. So don't tell you no, right? Right. I will find a way. <laughs> I will become more pigheaded and there will be a way. <laughs> that is a superpower. That is really great. So, so, um, what would you say, how is it that you, how would you describe how you are living your best life? Or as I like to say, living your best dash. I'm going to say that, that there are days that it's very challenging. Um, as I said, like basic things are very challenging, but because I don't have the expectation of it being easy, um, it is easier for me to be more adaptable, to find uh, a way to look at the situation that I don't completely crumble. Um, mm -hmm. So for me, I think that is the the goal of, uh, of life, to find a way to make it enjoyable despite obstacles. Um, mm -hmm. It reminds me of, uh, have you read the book, um, Mankind's Search for Meaning? No, but I've heard of it. Yeah. Well, he, the author was a Holocaust survivor and he wrote about his ex observations that people who have purpose in life um, survived the Holocaust camps. Those mm -hmm. who gave up died very soon, um, mm -hmm. uh, notwithstanding that they were being murdered all the time, but Right. It was it was part of their human spirit and their and their experiences, although horrible, um, were somehow bearable because of that feeling of purpose. And I think that's what a lot of people are searching for in the United States, um, which is mm -hmm. why they look for, oh, if I get this promotion, I'll have a sense of purpose. Oh, if I uh, marry this man, I'll have a sense of purpose. And mm -hmm. and it's really not found externally. It's found inside. Um, so I have been blessed in that way to have everything stripped from me and to start from zero and to be forced to find what it is that's important. Mm -hmm. Because I'm sure that herbalism was never anything that was on your radar. Is that correct? No. 
and, and and look how you beam when you talk about it. So yes, you have you have truly found a a passion, an unexpected passion, and I think that's fantastic. Are there any final words of wisdom that you would like to share with our audience? I think that um, expectation is something that holds a lot of people back. They expect things to be a certain way. They expect things to be easy. They expect things to to work, I guess. Um, and once you allow yourself to not have those expectations, there is so much more to life. Mm -hmm. You know what? Those those are, are perfect words to be ending this podcast on. Uh, because you're absolutely right. We, all of us, we have, we, we almost set ourselves up for failure because of the expectations that we have. And uh, so thank you so much for those wonderful words. Um, I know that there's going to be some people that are going to want to reach out Camille and, and talk to you more uh, about a multitude of uh, topics that you've brought up during our conversation today. How can people connect with you? Well, I have a blog um, that covers herb stuff and my my daily life here in Mexico. Um, that is survivingmexico.com. It's easy to remember. <laughs> yeah, that is, that is. And, and, and just for those of you that may be new to listening to my podcast, know that uh, Camille's link is going to be in the description for this episode. And you'll be able to click on that link and be able to get in touch with her and ask her questions or, you know, ask her advice. If maybe you're thinking about, you know, making the move to Mexico or just any other country uh, just to get an, a better understanding of what uh, she has gone through. Um, so, so make sure you look at that the, in the description for the link to, uh, to connect with her. I anything else you want to add before we end our talk today? I had a great time. Um, I was a little worried about talking about some of these topics, um, but uh, I did it. <laughs> Yes, you did. And you did a really remarkable job. It has been a complete joy to talk with you and, and here and, and you have my complete admiration and respect for what you have done. Uh, it is absolutely remarkable. And the things that you are doing for your, your community is outstanding and keep up the fantastic job. Thank you. Well, for all of you listening out there, remember to subscribe and follow this podcast and invite your family and friends to also subscribe to it as well. And don't forget to check out my website at www.pathwayswithpatty.org and sign up for a Zoom chat with me so you can also get a free copy of my Pathway to a New Beginning Roadmap. So until we meet again, continue to live your best dash and know that life's an adventure and I want you to enjoy the journey because your life matters. Thank you for joining us today and God bless you all.